Amen. You guys sound phenomenal this morning. Great to be here together and welcome to everybody watching online. Uh, Good morning. Uh, What a joy to be back here in the Time Center, am I right? Wasn't it incredible last week? Last Sunday was incredible. And if you haven't noticed, our theme for today is joy. We're talking about joy. And so even in a lot of the songs that we're singing, we got words like, uh, we're marching to Zion, come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. We're going to talk about dancing, dancing like David danced. Um, But being all together again after 18 months separate, it feels like a family reunion doesn't it? You know, it brings me joy. Does it bring you joy? Yes. Yes. Amen. We can clap for that. You know, the series we started last week called Inside Out is based on the Psalms, not on the Disney Pixar movie. Although it is a really good movie, right? And we may here and there try to pull some video clips from it. But as we're physically moving from inside to outside, and as even for church we're reopening, it's important that we examine how our thoughts and how our emotions move from inside to outside. How do we see emotion expressed in the scriptures? And how can we imitate this very real and authentic expression of emotion that we see in the Bible while simultaneously remaining righteous, right? Isn't that the challenge and the struggle? How can I get these things out but be righteous at the same time? And so today we're going to talk about joy, feeling joyful. Are you feeling joyful this morning? Are you happy to be here? Are you happy to be alive? Are you grateful to God? Amen. Now see, joy is all over the Bible, and I'm sure that some of us have even memorized scriptures with the word joy in it, and we could spend probably a whole year on joy, but today we're just going to stick to the Psalms. Let me tell you, in preparing this message, that was tough, because there's so many great scriptures about joy in the Bible. God wants us to experience joy. Okay, I hate, it's not on my nose, but look, the Bible talks about this inexpressible and glorious joy in the New Testament. It's a joy that sometimes is, how do you even get it out? We're so excited right? And so some of us, we've looked at these scriptures, but today in the Psalms, our main text will be Psalm 33, and it starts off like this. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre. Come on, stringed instruments. Praise the Lord with the guitar, right? Uh, Verse 3, sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for what? Joy. In the Psalms, we see various expressions of joy. We see singing, right? Here it talks about singing. Uh, Even here we see it talks about shouting for joy. You ever shouted for joy? You ever jumped for joy? You ever been so happy you just let out an exuberant cry? But there's one that I think we don't talk about a whole lot, and that is dancing. See, That is an expression of joy in the Psalms. We'll get to that. But one concept I learned during the pandemic, and a lot of us have learned all kinds of different interesting new phrases and new ideas. And something I heard someone talk about was enjoyable movement. You ever heard about this before? Enjoyable movement. Because look, not all movement is enjoyable. Can I get an amen? Not everyone enjoys push-ups. Do you like doing a push-up? That's movement, but is it enjoyable? Some of us do, amen. More power to you. Uh, But push-ups, running, do you like to run? Some people they do, but not everybody does. Sit-ups, right? Is this enjoyable uh, movement? 
Dancing is known as enjoyable movement. It's amazing the kind of workout that you can get from dancing, right? It's just as tough as a workout as some different exercising and running. Uh, you're like sweating at the end of a wedding. I know the Markowski's talked last week about being at a wedding and working out, right? Uh, but it's amazing the kind of workout you can get while having fun and enjoying yourself. Like the book of Ecclesiastes says, there is a time to dance. It makes me think about a couple of years ago, I became really close friends with a very talented tap dancer named Aaron Burr. And he actually made his Broadway debut just not far from here with Harry Connick Jr. You can see him up there in the pictures. Uh, back in December of 2019, right before everything shut down, I was so happy for him that he got to see a life dream realized. And Manami and I got to go see him dance on stage with Harry Connick Jr. on this like 40-foot-long piano on the top of it. It was so cool. And so, you know, it's, it's cool. The things that we do for our friends, right? So Aaron at the time was teaching tap dance classes at Broadway Dance Center. And so I convinced my friend, John Markowski, to go and surprise Aaron and take a tap dance class with me. There you can see us in the back. Keep in mind, this is never before seen footage. I hear some laughter. Okay, I hear some laughing back there. Y'all got to help me get through this, all right? So keep in mind, neither of us had tap shoes. So they gave us these like rubber things to put over our shoes. Uh, neither of us ever tap danced before, I think, right? But I'm thinking, thank you, amen. Thank you, thank you. You saw us do some big, uh, you know, big moves. So I'm thinking, hey, this is the beginner class, right? And so when I sign up for it, it says beginner. I'm like, I'm a beginner. I click beginner. Well, it turns out beginner in the tap dance world actually means like super advanced and difficult. <laughs> and apparently we should have taken the basic tap class. I did not know this. I mean, Christine, you know this. Now, who knew? We're struggling the whole time to keep up. You saw in the video. We're like in the very back of the class. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, but we had a blast. It was very enjoyable movement. Uh, you can see we were sweating afterwards, right? Uh, there were lots of laughs, and we encouraged Aaron. However, little did we know that our sister Christine Hall saw the whole thing, and this video is thanks to her, uh, because she was there early to take a class. Amen for being early and on time. And so to her surprise, you can imagine Christine walking in and looking in the window and like, is that John Markowski? Is that Ross Lippincott? in a tap dance class, and so naturally, what does she do? She records us and takes a video that now you can watch and we can be embarrassed and you can laugh, amen. Uh, but we did have a great time and we all had a good laugh, but it was a time to dance and man, we had a blast. And I wanna commend many of you who go and do things to be a good friend to people. Maybe go outside of your comfort zone uh, and you do things that maybe it's not natural for you, but in an effort to really show Jesus to your friends and be a great friend to others. And I know that built my friendship with Aaron so much to go see him and we still connect even though he's moved far away. Now, what I wanna do is check out Psalm chapter 30. Uh, verse 10, it says, Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. The psalmist here contrasts wailing with dancing. You see that? And whereas someone who's mourning, we would know would traditionally wear something called sackcloth, a very uncomfortable, like almost like a burlap sack kind of a thing, this person is wearing joy as their clothing while they dance and sing God's praises. And I think it's really cool and important to point out 
that in fact dancing is a form of praise. I think sometimes dancing can be looked at as sinful or as unholy in some circles because maybe certain dance moves or songs that people dance to are unrighteous, but like many things, it's all about how you do it. Can I get an amen? We could cut a rug in a holy way, right? And so there is a holy way to dance. Psalm 149 verse 2 says, let Israel rejoice, right? Joy, rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with what? Singing? What? Shouting? Dancing. Let them praise his name with dancing. Did you know you could praise God with dancing? Psalm 150 verse 4 says this, praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. I love how the Psalms link joy, dancing, and praise. As a worship leader, it's something I'm very passionate about, leading worship and helping others connect to God through music. It's on my heart to think about how can we engage the congregation, not just through singing, but with movement, right, and with dance. And one thing I've also learned over the years, as you saw in that video, I want to surround myself with other spiritual, talented people with complementary gifts to mine. Does that make sense? We're a body, right? And so not every person has the same gift. You know, look, I got rhythm. I'm a musician. You know, I can, you know, I've got some rhythm. I could two-step, you know, I could do my two-step. But I'm no choreographer, I'll tell you that, and you saw in the video of me dancing, right? And so I love teaming up with people who have strengths that I do not have. And that's what we see on a worship team in general. Somebody playing bass, playing keyboards, singing different voice parts is when everybody comes together and brings their unique gift to the table so that we can all be edified and worship God together. And so this is what we've really striven to have on the worship team. And that is where Helena Lamoth comes in. I'd like to ask Helena to come up to the stage. We're going to do a little, a little interview here. But, you know, as she's coming up, I want to brag on Helena a little bit. We all know her oh, and we gosh. love her. But Helena <laughs> is a talented dancer and choreographer. And I've had the privilege of working with Helena many times over the years in our larger congregational services uh, with conferences like the one that you see behind. I'm wearing the same shirt, guys. I mean, hey, look, this is me. I'll just be honest. Like, I'm, just, I'm basic, right? But she has helped bring, this is where Gia helps me out with what I'm wearing, right? But she has helped us to bring dancing into our praise, right? Immersive experiences mm -hmm. where we've talked about how can we get people like dancing through the aisles to really spur on movement, enjoyable movement and praise. Because let's be honest, sometimes we come to church and we just kind of stand there when we sing. And it's hard for us to feel like are people looking at me and what do I look like? And so when we dance before the Lord, look at, again, I'm, I'm referencing things outside of songs, but David, as we talked about, right, he danced with all his might and it wasn't about how he looked. It was about praising God. He didn't care about how he looked to other people. So we've worked on that, immersive experiences. She's been choreographing dances that are during worship songs. You know, I think that there's a place for performance in worship, but then there's also a place for immersive dance or for it to be while we sing a song. That why does it have to be a separate thing, right? And so that we don't see dancing as separate as only a performance, but it also is a part of how we worship God. Uh, but really, it's an important component, right, of praising God. So what I really appreciate about you, Helena, appreciate about her, is that she is a joy 
to work with. You get it, right? I mean, we're talking about joy. She really is a joy to work with, and it's because she is so humble. She is so humble. I mean, it's amazing to work with someone who's super talented, but to also be so humble, and that's very rare. She's spiritual, and she's talented. So, Helena, we love you. You're amazing. And again, so cool. So many different times that we've been able to work together. But, you know, in your experience, what makes dance such a unique form of praise? So I love dance, and to me it's so unique because, first of all, we could be doing the same movements, but you're going to bring your own kind of flavor to it, whatever you're doing, right? And I feel like that comes directly from the spirit, but also dance is so universal. I can walk into a place with people I don't know, and we can bond immediately just over the beat. Like, you can feel the joy coming out, the two-step, we get unified together, and it's just so much fun, and I love that we can communicate without worrying about the words. That's such a great point, especially being a part of like a multinational, international church. You can communicate across language barriers through mm-hmm. dance, and I think it's a, the universal nature of it is so cool. Now, why do you think God may have given us dance as a medium through which to praise him? So I also think for me, being expressive and sharing my feelings is not something that comes naturally. Um, but with dance, it's a way that I can express what I'm feeling, even if I'm not totally sure. Like once the beat comes on and once I kind of just let myself go, I don't have to worry about the words. It doesn't have to be perfect. I know some people get very caught up like, oh, but I'm not a ballerina or I'm not trained. It doesn't matter. And I love that God just wants us to be able to express ourselves and do that. So, Amen. That's, that's such a great cool. point. I know when we were talking about this even our last midweek when John was talking about how are you expressing emotions, and it's cool that God gave us another avenue when sometimes words fail us, right? Sometimes, how can I really get this out? But to be able to move and to show God through our movements, there's something mm-hmm. cathartic and something incredible about that. Uh, so, guys, you want to do some dancing? Yeah. All right. So Helena is going to teach us a synchronized dance to a familiar worship. Did you guys realize this? You were coming to church today, and you didn't know we're going to get you guys dancing. Are you excited? We're going to have fun. We're going to enhance our worship with dance. But first, we want to warm you up, okay? So we, want, we don't just want to go straight into it. We're going to warm you up with something you do know. Now, listen, you don't have to participate. So if you want to just remain seated, you're not comfortable, that's okay. Uh, but if you'd like to participate, we'd like you to please stand up. Let's dance. And uh, we're going to do some dancing in place, okay? So you know the concept of running in place? You know, if you got room, you can move, you know, but we like to ask, you know, we're trying to keep our distance and whatnot, so don't knock the person over next to yeah. you in the aisle, okay, amen? Uh, but I think you'll know this one, so needs no introduction. Let's dance together, all right? Here we go. All right, here we go. You guys know this? We're going to start to the right, to the right, all right? Here we go. We're mirroring you. more time. Let's go that way. I know, we switched it. You know, I think you're going to be doing the Cuban Shuffle in church now, we too. All right. Yay, you guys good probably, job, guys. You guys look good out there. I know you probably want to keep dancing to that one, but I'm going to give it to Helena, and she's going to teach us a, a really cool choreography that she came up with for Praises Heard Around the World. So, now that you're all warmed up, you guys, this is super, super simple. So we're gonna just kind of put some movement to these words, to the chorus. So you hear, can't you hear them, right? So we're gonna hear. So you're gonna go two to the right and two to the left. Everything we do is gonna start with your right 
you guys, this is your right. <laughs> so you're going to do, can't you hear them? And then we're going to sing. So you're just going to praise up. And there'll be four. So one, two, three, four. Very good. So can't you hear them? Hear them singing. The people. So present your people, one to the right, one to the left. The people. And then you're going to hear with one voice. They are shouting. So one voice. You're going to go right, left, right, left, right, left. Keep going. Right, left, right, left, right, left. Good. Very good. That's like the hardest part. Okay? So <laughs> with one voice, they are shouting, singing hallelujah. Just wave it. Hallelujah. Spin to your right. Praise is heard around the world. Y'all, I can't sing. That's not my gift, but. <laughs> you have a great voice, actually, in the, the video recording. You, sing, like, you got a great voice. So let's do that all one more time together, and then I think there's going to be some music. So ready? Can't you hear them? Hear them singing. The people there rejoicing with one voice. They are shouting, singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Right, praise is heard around the world. Very good. And everything always starts with your right. And if you get lost, you really can just do it one time and you'll still be on beat. <laughs> just go one and one and you'll still look great. So give yourself a round of applause. Good job. You want to do it one time with guitar? Yeah, let's, let's do it, do it let's with do the that guitar. Tempo real quick. Let me get the guitar. You guys ready for this? Yeah. We are going to bring it back later in the service. It's the last song we're going to sing together, so you're going to have a pop quiz, okay? But I want to do it one more do. time so you guys can get it, okay? Here we go. We'll What's let the, you, you sing. Get the tempo? Um... Five, six, seven. Can't you hear them? Hear them singing. The people there rejoicing with one voice. They are oh, shouting, singing hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise is heard around the world. Can you go world. one more time? Right, one more time. Here we go. Well, can't you hear them? Hear them singing. The people they rejoicing with one voice. They are shouted, singing hallelujah. Praise is heard around the world. Praise is around the world. One more time. Praise is heard. Praise is heard around the world. Praise is heard around the world. Praise is heard around the How many times can I do this? Praise is heard around the world. Praise is heard. Okay. Praise is heard around the world. All right. Good job. Okay. Give it up for Helena. Thank you, Helena. Are you guys feeling joyful? Are you having fun? I actually had a lot of fun just getting you guys to spin around like five times. That was really fun. This move right here, right, that's a pretty fun one, right? That's very cool. So, like I said, we're going to close out the service with that song, so don't forget what you just learned because you'll have a pop quiz later. There's like three choruses and songs, so if you mess it up the first time, you got a few more times to get it right. Uh, but look, let's keep it real. I know John touched on this last week. Dancing is easy and fun when we're celebrating, right? It's easy to feel joyful when everything's going our way, but what happens when life gets tough? Is it still possible to have joy through challenging times? You know, 
And I'm not talking about being out of touch or being desensitized. I'm not talking about ignoring reality. Think about our early Christian church brothers and sisters that were so joyful, and yet their circumstances were so difficult. Were they they just numb or desensitized? No, it was about their perspective. I'm talking about choosing our perspective in spite of reality, not ignoring it, right? And I believe the answer is yes, that we can do that. And that as Christians, we have innumerable reasons for joy. It reminds me of a Brandy Carlisle song called The Eye. And the lyric says this, I didn't put it up on the screen, but it says, you can dance in a hurricane, but only if you're standing in the eye. You know, sometimes you got to be right in the middle of it to be able to dance. And that lyric has resonated with me since I heard it. And we're going to continue in Psalm 33. It gives us a few keys for how we can choose joy, how we can dance in the hurricane. Amen? So let's look at four ways we can find joy by following the pattern of Psalm 33. The first one is listening to God's voice in the past. You know, in verse 4 through 9, of Psalm 33, it references creation and the parting of the Red Sea, right? It says, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice, amen? The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The scripture is saying that God's words in our lives have done miracles in the past. Isn't that the story in the Old Testament? Reminding people of what God had done in their past. And the way the Israelites continually remembered the exodus, the parting of the Red Sea, when we remember how God's commands have stood firm in our lives, when we remember how God has brought us through the waters of baptism, when we remember our salvation, it leads to rejoicing, right? That's praises heard around the world, sending your salvation all around the world. Can't you hear them? Hear them singing, the people there rejoicing. The second thing we can do is look at God's plan in the present. Verse 10 says, the Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. Here the psalmist moves from past to present. Do you see that? He goes from the parting of the Red Sea and going from creation in the beginning. You got, you know, Genesis 1 vibes. And here he moves to the present plans of the kings and the people on the earth, right? Does that ever concern you? What's going on around us? But see, other people's plans get thwarted is what the scripture says. But God's plan is unchanging, and that's something to find joy in. God's plan is not just a Drake song. It brings joy when we feel aligned with God's plan. But it can be hard to figure out, well, what is God's plan? You ever wondered? What is God's plan for me right now? We won't ever know it fully. Sometimes we despair, we lose faith, and we doubt because we don't see anything that's making sense. 
You know, it reminds me of this movie called Signs. Anybody watch this movie? It's M. Night Shyamalan with uh, Mel Gibson and uh, Joaquin Phoenix, right? And you got this man who loses his wife in this devastating accident, and you got the brother, unsuccessful baseball player. I mean, their lives just look like wrecks. Daughter is always leaving water glasses around. I got kids, man. I mean, you're like, come on, don't leave this stuff all around the house here. And this is just water glass after water glass all around the house. And nothing makes sense until aliens invade. And then he realizes there was a purpose to all of it. Swing away, right? These water glasses. You know, we feel joy when we see God working in the present. In real time, when we see how all those things that were devastating to me or that hurt me or that were difficult, they came for a reason. And they came to help me in this time of need that I was going to have later or so that I could help somebody else. Another thing that can help bring us joy is seeing God's eyes on our lives. In verse 13, it says, From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. God is watching, you know, in this aerial view from heaven. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. God considers what people do, what you do, and what I do. And here it stays in the present, but it gets individually focused. The psalmist is in the present, but he's looking at us individually. And it's saying that God sees you. That God watches you. He formed your heart is what it says. He thinks about your actions. He watches over your life. And for some of us, that's either scary, right? It's like, oh man, God is watching me all the time. Oh, I'm like terrified, right? Or it can be very reassuring to know that a loving God is constantly watching our life and watching over us. It reminds me of Henry Lawson, all night, all day, Jesus is watching over me, that song from Harlem. You know, it brings us joy that the creator God is concerned with that which concerns you. And finally, number four, we can take joy in knowing God's power in our future. You see where I'm going? Past, present, and future. It says, no king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. Have we experienced a season of famine? And again, we can feel joyful for what God has brought us through these last 18 months. It says, in him, not in those other things, not in the horse, not in all these other things. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Here we see a shift now to the future tense. It's cool. The psalmist is working us through in the past, the present, now to the future. And he talks about things that maybe people were putting their hope in and getting their joy from and saying that, hey, these things are unreliable. You ever put your joy or your hope in something, maybe a new item or a new purchase, and those things get old, right? Or maybe in, in something in your life, a relationship, you put your joy in those things. But this scripture is saying that stuff is unreliable. It says maybe, you know, they put their hope in the size of their army, okay? I don't think any of us in here got an army, right? Amen. I know you got a lot of friends, but you don't got an army. And so maybe today it's the size, not of our army, but the size of our bank account. 
Maybe it's we're putting our hope in the size of our 401k. Maybe we're putting our hope in the size of our crypto assets, some Bitcoin and some Ethereum. You know, maybe putting our hope in property or do I buy a place or can I do that? And so, you know, talking about they put their hope in this great strength. Maybe great strength today could be athletic ability. I mean, very much, you know, exactly what it's talking about, strength. But maybe it's putting their hope in their talents or their abilities. Maybe in our great strength is when they put hope in their intellect. I think a lot of people in our area can tend to do that, right? The psalmist says, a horse is a vain hope, right? And again, I don't think anybody in here owns a horse. You know, maybe you do. I doubt you have space in your apartment for that. But today for us, what would that mean? Maybe it's an Uber ride that got delayed, right? You know, maybe it's the subway. This, I think Alfredo brought up that horse, you know, idea. But, you know, maybe it's the subway. And again, we know that that is a vain hope for deliverance because it rarely ever gets us places on time the way we would like, right? But what this psalmist is saying here is that security is an illusion because it can all go away in an instant. And we've seen that with health and with wealth and with plans and things that we've tried to do is that you just, it's so unstable. Where can we put our hope? Our hope is in his unfailing love, right? We wait expectantly, as we've been talking about over the last few weeks, in hope. We are expecting something that is to come, that God will powerfully work on our behalf in this life and also for all eternity. So it's been cool to study out Psalm 33. It really gives us a blueprint to find joy in the past in the present and in the future. A joy not based on our circumstances, a joy that is found in God. A joy that leads us to dance whatever the circumstance, amen? And so as we focus on joy and prepare to take communion, let's remember Jesus. I love this, the Bible says in Hebrews 12 too, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, right? Not on all these other things, we gotta fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. There was even a joy in this pain that he experienced because he knew what was going to be the result of the cross. See, the cross amazes us. It amazes me. It amazes us that Jesus would take our place. Why would you do that, Jesus? Why would you die a death that you did not deserve and take the place of people that have done things that did deserve punishment? You know, why would he take our sin upon himself? The, as the Bible says, punishment that he did not deserve, right? It's completely unfair. Isn't our world all about fairness? And yet the cross is completely unfair. You know, what a thing to meditate on and think about that God said, you know, I will take the short end of the stick for you. We wouldn't, you know, people naturally, we wouldn't do that. But we see he did that all because he loves us. And after we take communion and reflect, we'll sing a song called Amazed. And let's reflect on the lyrics as we sing. It says, you dance over me while I am unaware. You sing all around, but I never hear the sound. Lord, I'm amazed by you. It's so amazing when we reflect on how God loves us and how we see that through the cross. Uh, let's go to God in prayer right now and take communion. Our God and our Father in heaven, we want to praise you with everything in us. Father, we want to praise you joyfully. Father, whether our circumstances make us feel happy or sad. 
Father, we want to praise you. We, we ask that you help us to find joy by looking at what you've done in our past, by looking at what you are doing currently in our lives, and by thinking about what you can do and what you will do in the future. Father, we come before you, God, so humbled and so amazed at how you love us, God, that you would take our place on the cross. We love you, and we pray right now uh, for this bread, which represents your body, and for the cup that represents the blood that was poured out for the transgressions of many. We love you and pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.